In the name of the Blessed Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. In his mailbox was a letter addressed to the deacon in Austin, Texas. He asked himself, maybe a letter from a person asking about assistance program. No, wait. The return address was 221 Baker Street, London, England, W2. And underneath the return address was this, Holmes. Now what could this be about? The deacon had written to Sherlock Holmes twice, asking for help in finding answers to who the Good Samaritan was, and then why Jesus told folks that before they could become his disciples, they must hate their loved ones. Now Holmes is writing to the deacon. The shoe is on the other foot. Game on. Opening the envelope was a letter, and it said, Sir, this is a request for help. Please enlighten me, for neither Dr. Watson and I can make sense of two passages from the Gospel of Matthew. That's chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. First, why would a person walk away from his job to follow a person not known to them? Second, please enlighten us about this phrase, Repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Holmes and I are not church-going, and our pride keeps us from asking the Bishop of Baker Street about this kingdom of heaven. We trust you will be discreet and not tell anyone. Even your followers in Texas signed Holmes. And this was the deacon's reply. Dear Mr. Holmes, your inquiry was most timely. Enclosed is a copy of a sermon concerning these two matters raised. In closing, as a very well-known person in my community is fond of saying, peace and love. Yours faithfully, the deacon. And this is the sermon. In the name of the Blessed Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Follow me and I will make you fish for people. They immediately left their nets and followed him. They were Andrew and his brother Simon, later be called Peter. And then soon to follow and leave their nets were brothers James and John. How was it that they immediately left their, their work to follow Jesus? Last week's reading from the Gospel of John, we learned that Jesus was not unknown to Andrew and his brother Simon Peter. That Gospel told us that Andrew, a follower of John the Baptizer, was present when John the Baptizer referred to Jesus as the Lamb of God. Following that epiphany of who Jesus was, Andrew spoke to Jesus asking him where he stayed, and Jesus invited him to come and see. Later, Simon went to see Jesus with Andrew, and Jesus told Simon that he would be known as Cephas, the rock, which means Peter. Now, in today's gospel, these same men, 
Andrew and Simon Peter, after meeting Jesus, did not hesitate to follow him. When Jesus himself called them to follow him. So they did so immediately, and they became disciples of Jesus. A disciple, I believe, has two characteristics. First, a disciple is a student of a rabbi or a teacher, someone who is intent to learn all that his rabbi has to teach him. And second, a disciple is a follower, someone who believes and supports the teachings of the rabbi. In the gospel today, we also learn that Jesus is beginning his ministry. That beginning occurred in Capernaum, that is near the Sea of Galilee, in a region about which the prophet Isaiah had said that his people who have lived in darkness have seen a great light. With the appearance of Jesus, that same region of Isaiah's prophecy was fulfilled. For Jesus is the great light. Think back to the beginning of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life that was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. That word was Jesus. Even today, He gives us life, and the darkness of our sins will not overcome that great life of Jesus. Jesus having selected men who would not only be his disciples, they would later be sent by Jesus into the world as his apostles. The word apostle comes from the Greek word that means to send. While a disciple constantly studies, believes, and supports his rabbi, an apostle is one who is sent to proclaim the rabbi's teachings to the world. I suggest that at the heart of the message that Jesus gave his apostles to proclaim to the world is found in today's gospel. It is to repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That message is an eternal one, eternal one, for it is the same today as it was back then. That proclamation is twofold. First, repent. The Greek verb for repent is metanoia, and like the Hebrew verb, it means the same. And it means to turn around. Repentance in biblical thought involves not merely an apology, but change, change directions, change your behavior, change your life of sin to a life that is lived in the light of Jesus Christ. What is to be said about the second part of that proclamation? That the kingdom of heaven has come near. The phrase, the kingdom of heaven has come near, has a special meaning. In the original Greek, the meaning of this proclamation is almost impossible to translate into English. A kingdom is not just a place. The, <coughs> excuse me. The Greek word for kingdom is also an action, an action. In the original Greek, 
A kingdom is the ruling or reigning activity of the king of that kingdom. When Jesus and John the baptizer tell us that the kingdom of heaven has come near, they are saying that the ruling activity of heaven is here. The one who rules in heaven is God the Father. The kingdom of heaven is where God's will for us lives and is made known to us through the life that Jesus led while he was on earth by his preaching and by his compassion and by forgiveness and also by his obedience in the following of God's will, the Father's. It is Jesus the Christ that brings the kingdom of heaven near to us and to all nations and peoples. Today's gospel proclamation to repent for the kingdom of heaven is near has come near is a message of salvation for all peoples. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit inspired Matthew to quote the prophet Isaiah, who tells us to proclaim this message to those whose lives are li lived in the shadow of darkness. I believe that this means that when we have no spiritual life, our lives are lived in spiritual darkness. And two, when we fall into sin, we experience a spiritual death. And what does it say about sin? St. Paul, I suggest, hit the nail on the head when he wrote this about sin in Romans, that the wages of sin is death. I suggest that the death that Paul writes about is a spiritual death. For example... When our soul no longer has life because of an addiction, any addiction, we become spiritually dead. Yet there is hope. Hope can be found in these comfortable words spoken by Jesus and recorded in Matthew's Gospel. Come unto me, all you that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. When we turn our life and will over to the care of God the Son we become spiritually alive. We are refreshed, brought back to a life of spiritual happiness. And the kingdom of heaven is, in my judgment, very near. <clears throat> Our biggest sin, in my opinion, is that we don't want God to rule. That would mean that we are not part of his kingdom, and we would rather rule ourselves. We even deceive ourselves into believing that we are the rightful king of our lives. Yet when we turn our life and will over to the care of God the Son, we are establishing a relationship with God the Son, and the blessed kingdom of heaven is near. The good news is that the kingdom of heaven is indeed near as Christ's churches throughout King Christendom continue to proclaim this message as it is proclaimed today in the gospel just read and from this pulpit. Yes, the kingdom of heaven is near in the consecrated water of holy baptism, and I believe it is present as we, as we consume Christ's body and blood at the Eucharist. Amen.